There is one thing that we are very passionate about here at Complete Nutrition and it is 110% our crew members and the stories behind our crew members. So my name is Alicia, I'm an advanced sports dietitian and co-founder of Compete Nutrition and welcome to the Compete Waffle. This episode I am really, really proud of. I um, reached out to this individual um, with the hope that he would agree to share his story. I just saw him being someone that others needed to hear and I felt that he had a story that so many could resonate with and hopefully be inspired from by seeing themselves and seeing the potential that themselves could really achieve through, um, I guess, that mindset and that shift and also that confidence that comes from being who you're seeing. And this person is Paul Reeve. Uh, he's been a client of ours for a little while. Um, we don't chat too much about Compete, really. It's really not about that. Uh, for me, it's about Paul, where he's been, where he's off to, uh, and what he's achieving. Uh, and. I can't thank him enough for how raw he was in this discussion, uh, how generous he was with his insights and how much he shared of his story. Um, I think it probably shows with how much I didn't talk, um, with just how powerful his messages were. He tells his story with so much pragmatic advice, but also so much in-depth feeling um, that I'm really, really excited for you to share that as well. Uh, I left the discussion better for it. Um, I gained so much more insight and empathy from it. Um, and so whether you are someone who is embarking on a change uh, in lifestyle or wanting to achieve a really big goal that you're feeling a little bit overwhelmed with, or if you're someone who finds it really difficult to resonate or um, I guess empathize with various populations, he, um, he adds a lot. Uh, and I'm really, really excited to be able to share that. So Paul went through bariatric surgery not too long ago, um, but from that bariatric surgery and the journey from it um, is now finding himself in the world of triathlon and adoring it. But he also really sees this gap in, um, I guess, how we speak to athletes uh, and also how we um, are able to really ensure that everyone feels comfortable and confident embracing something new and different and, you know, a little bit out of our comfort zone. So we go through his background, um, what led him to here, um, but also his personal story, um, what really changed his trajectory. Um, what his experience with bariatric surgery was like, um, where he feels the support was really lacking and where he wished he had um, some different support. Uh, we go through his racing and triathlon journey, um, also his goals long term, but also what he's really looking to create out of that uh, and really the community that he would love to see shift um, and be embraced by a wider sporting active community. So yeah, he had some beautiful messaging throughout this whole podcast. So please make sure you tune in and enjoy. Uh, and his final messages were really, really powerful. So. Um, um, thank you so much. I'm not going to talk any more about this guy because I think he will share enough in the following podcast. So thank you so much for joining us and enjoy. Well, hello, Paul. It is an absolute pleasure to welcome you to the Compete Waffle today. Thanks so much for joining us. I am delighted to be here and congratulations on all your success. 
Ah, oh, you did have to say that. Thank you. I know. It's been but... an absolute pleasure working with you. So for those who um, aren't aware, Paul is one of our clients here at Compete. And I approached him the other day because he was telling me about all his grand plans and all of his, I guess, um, visions for the future. And I was like, man, this guy has a story. And I'd love to share that voice and that story and that passion. And he has also just warned me that there could be, you know, swearing in context with that passion and hey if you're okay with it i'm okay with it so here we are <laughs> so paul i don't know where to start with this but i would love for people to kind of at least hear a little bit about who you are and um i guess yeah you mentioned even just living in the northern hemisphere so i'm just intrigued about you know hearing your background and um where you've come from yeah well we well we'll see how this goes because we could talk about my history for a long time awesome. but um you know, a, a very um, normal, everyday Brisbane boy, you know, uh, in the south sides of Brisbane. And, um, yeah, for some reason, like after university and a few jobs, found myself down in Canberra, met my second wife, who was uh, this fantastic traveller. And then we ended up uh, taking about nine months uh, sabbatical from the APS and going over to London, which then lasted nearly a decade. Oh, wow. Yeah, and so I think the thing is, is that with my journey, the big thing about it is just that um, as I've got older, I was also getting immensely heavier. And so, you know, leaving school, I was uh, lean like and young like a lot of us. And then once I had that freedom of university, I started to really um, hit that crossroads. Now, whether or not that's freedom or undisciplined or whatever, or a combination of both, um, just looking back on like my 21st birthday photos just recently mm -hmm. going, oh, you can see the signs of growth <laughs> mm -hmm. physically and mentally. And, um, mm -hmm. and then what happened is, is that when we moved over to the UK, um, you know, that, you know, for everyone who's ever done that, you, that sense of, uh, exploring and tasting all the foods around the mm -hmm. world. Yeah, and then um, with that came more responsibilities, really large professional jobs. So mm. being, you know, taking on global roles for, you know, big finance firms and whatever. So you're burning lots of hours. Mm. And it's a common story with a lot of people I know. Um, but what was happening is, is that to fuel the, that effort and that lifestyle, I mean, the consumption was out of control. And you just you're just really not aware of it at the time, and so what was happening, apart from getting old rapidly and burning out a lot, like a lot of people, I was like growing in weight year on year, and I found that my actual personality was changing, mm. and I was finding myself really aggressive, and and now whether or not that's a reflection of the job or the age or the indulgence and the weight, mm. um. But the funny thing is, is that um, no one around me noticed it either because mm -hmm. I come from good Irish stock, round head, square body. Everyone's going, oh, you just fit into a space. And then um, we came back from, you know, we went from the UK over to, uh, to the US and that's mm -hmm. a whole different level of indulgence. I mean, the sheer volume of things you ingest over there is just incredible. As, mm -hmm. and, and I think we can see it from there. The, you know, the um, the community over there, they're just extremely overweight and it's quite mm. frightening. And I was one of those. Um, but the funny thing is, is that inside of me, I always had this love of being active, 
Mm. Um, and I never kind of was conscious enough about how my weight and that desire could actually complement each other. So I, or how my being overweight was really limiting until I got back to Australia. Mm. And then I, um, you know, Kate and I are professional transients. We never seem to last very long anywhere. And so we were bouncing around Australia. Mm. We found ourselves in Melbourne. And I was traveling from Melbourne to Canberra doing some contract work for the government for over three years. That's, yeah. And people are really familiar with that story. Mm. Yeah, you fly up on a Monday morning, fly back on a Friday night. And, it's, um, and whilst it sounds glamorous, it's, mm. it, it takes a huge toll. Um, and what I was finding is, is that I was just uh, probably gaining even more weight. And, you know, the thing is, is that I topped out, you know, in my, in my like mid or late forties, you know, north of 155 kilos. And there were these moments in life whereby you're sitting on a plane and you have to ask for an extender belt. Mm. And man, it just, it just, it, just thinking about now, like the level of embarrassment that comes with that, you mm. just, unless you've done it, mm. you can't explain it to anyone. It's, it's so humiliating. Mm. Um, and yeah, so, you know, it, it seems like it's just been this life of really big adventures, really big mm. occupations, mm. Um, immense amounts of stress, some mm. imposed by myself some imposed by the job and then what's happened is is that the body has taken a huge toll it's had mm. and it's had a you know i was going to say a massive impact but it literally was this just turned into a different beast and it was mm. interesting mum yeah. would say my mum would always my parents have always been my kind of go you know like a lot of people like the go-to people for being balanced and mm. you know they're going you know you're not you're no longer the kid you were like this carefree guy mm. and that and that really and that even sticks with me now yeah and i put that down to um three three main things and that's one is weight one is work and the other thing about being more um what's the word um not worried but more concerned about other people's impression mm-hmm of myself than my own. Mm-hmm. And, and do I you feel that, like that really held you back? That, that I, I think like everybody, I think mm-hmm. our perceptions of ourself and our worth and our future and our direction mm-hmm. and our impact is common. Mm-hmm. Very, I've met very, very few people that are any different to me than that. Um, and if you're fortunate to be around people that can set you straight and not just make you feel good for the sake of feeling good, but actually kind of set you on the path, then that's great. And a lot of people don't. And that, that begs about bad outcomes for people. Mm. Um, but, yeah, definitely it is. But at the end of the day, I knew that I reached this moment whereby I was just sick of being humiliated by myself mm. and it's a really personal thing i mean yeah, i mean uh i don't i don't know too many people who haven't felt like that they may not have artic- articulated on a podcast that mm-hmm. you know they're forever humiliating themselves and that's the thing that actually just weighs you down and it actually feeds 
the, well, in my case, what it was is just indiscriminate input of mm. things. And it's not a, it's a conscious decision. Any, and I, I mean, I don't want to battle with it. Everyone has their own journey. But for me, I knew that I wasn't eating right. I knew I was picking the wrong foods for me. Mm. I knew it and I did it. And you sit there and you go, and it's, and it's one of these things that it, over me being overweight, again, this is my, that, my own experience, mm. me being overweight, you know, um, I would find myself just feeding it. I was, just felt terrible about things mm. and, 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 and also really lethargic. So you, you seek not, com it's not comfort. It's, it, it's for me, it was, I needed to stay awake. Sure. I needed to do things. I needed to be productive. Mm. And so, you know, that, that's where that came from. But it's definitely not an unconscious thing. It's mm. definitely the decision was clear. And until I owned that, um, I knew I was going to be in a lot of trouble. Yeah. It's really raw to hear your story put so – it's put beautifully in a, the most raw way, really, Paul. Um, you know, there's a lot of discussion I have with – all of our clients around environment um, for the main part that, and headspace for the main part that I think so often everyone goes out and, you know, maybe purchases eBooks or Googles or um, looks for information. But the core of it is very few people would be surprised to hear how to eat well. Um, and that drawing back to, I know I, how to eat i know i need to have different options that brings with it so much guilt and shame so much of the time because knowing better doesn't necessarily equate to doing better and it works the other way you know um a client that i've got at the moment with eating disorder is in this place where she is a very intelligent human um and she knows better and that frustrates her no end to the point of that shame and that embarrassment and um, it's a really, really tough place to be in to realise that um, change isn't necessarily about knowing um, and you have to allow that environment and that shift and um, everything else with it to really line up to where you want to be. And that's a really tricky thing to achieve. And one thing I did hear a lot of in your story so far is your environment was very much shifting and it was very, very challenging in terms of where you were at, who you were around, the hours that you were doing, but also the stress that you were under as well. So, yeah, I really appreciate all of those things that you added yeah. there. Yeah, that's not... Yeah, look, one, one of the things at the moment that I'm noticing, and this is about myself, mm. and whether or not it's COVID or people not doing their exercise or their routine and whatever, you know, people are starting to get really concerned that they're putting on weight. All right. And I think one of the things for me, like it's in this point in time, and even though I live in Canberra where, where COVID hasn't been as restrictive as say as my friends that live in Melbourne or anywhere else in the world, it's one of these things that I found was that, you know, when um, people, in one respect, it's, it's an all, I find myself in this all or nothing. I'm either going to lose weight or I'm not going to lose weight. And it's just not that. It's just not that simple. Or it's, and I know, you know, if I had some of my training partners here, they'd be laughing when we say this. It's because they will understand this. It's one of these things whereby you've got to, you've got to know everything about it. 
you know, I ha- the only way that I can manage my nutrition is to be in, as close to a nutritionist as I could possibly be. And it's just not the case. I mean, you know, um, what you need to do is to accept that it's a slow burn and you're going to have good days. And you're going to have bad days. There are environmental factors out there that can switch on at any moment of any time. And you're just not prepared to deal with it. Most of us are not, have been fortunate not to, you know, to go through this life until this point without any major trauma or major impacts in our life. And we're just unskilled to deal with it. And when you're faced with it, be it COVID and you're locked inside a house with a kid that you thought you loved. No, I was having joking. <laughs> but, you know, um, you sit there and you're faced with things that you can't escape. Now, mine was weight and stress. Mm. Um, and then it was manifesting itself into physical disabilities, like, yeah, these excruciating pains in the legs and, you know, n- n- you know the, all the walking past your reflection and just your head just goes down. You know, you, you sit there and you go, it took me a long time to get that big. It got, you know, so you sit there and go, it's going to take me a long time to undo it. So um, I just, but we just know that for me and for the, and my mates around me that are struggling at the moment, you just say, yeah, we might be gaining a bit of weight, but it is a point in time. And when that, when that freedom comes back, as long as we know that we owe ourselves this, we have to commit to attending to that. At the moment, things are out of our control. If it means that you're at home and you're reaching for ice cream because you need whatever, then you go, well, there's a limit to that. And that time will come when you have to come back and pay yourself back. You can't, you know, I, and I know I can't do it. Um, but that decision, that decision to kind of do something, don't do something Mm -hmm. was a really interesting one in my own life. Mm -hmm. I mean, those things that I, I I always thought it was, you know, the unexpected death of my dad, which really real, and even to this day still really throws me. And I know that there's, there's not a person on the planet that hasn't lost a parent or a a loved one that is not changed forever. Mm. But you sit there and you go, but it wasn't that, you know, I was reflecting this morning of going, well, what was that moment? And Mm. and it's those embarrassing moments where you're sitting on board a plane and, you know, you, 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 you can't get that belt on. And it's as simple as that. You Mm. sit there and you go, that's, that's terrible. Or you have this, these uh you go you go out f- to a a function or something and you and you and you're like the only person there suffering from like mega menopause like you've got the heat sweats on like you wouldn't believe and everyone else is enjoying themselves or you don't get up and dance with your wife or your partner and whatever you just you just stop being you mm. and then you realize that you go is this the way it's going to be do i have to be this uncomfortable and then you sit there and you go, and some people just progress. And I, like I went down the beach this weekend and I just see hundreds of people like that. And it really disturbs me. And I don't want to be a fattest, but it's not about someone's weight. It's what's going on the inside because it's really, it's really straightforward. You sit there and you go, whether or not they've been down the same journey as me or going down to it, it's not nice. It's just so uncomfortable. It's, and you go, I'm glad that I made a 
couple of life decisions whereby I've just gone wrong. I had to own something. And the reality is, is that I really enjoy being active and being active actually helps with what I do for my, my job and my friends like me when I've done exercise, cause I'm a little bit less grumpy, I would say. So we're pro endorphins. <laughs> um, but it's also every time you go to the doctor, they're going, you need to lose weight. You know, or you you guarantee you're going to have diabetes, and they take a blood test and, and they go, well, actually, it's surprising that you don't, and you wear that as a bit of pride, and there's no reason to be proud about beating a doctor who says you you're going to have diabetes, and they're wrong, and I know a lot of people do that. They go, well, I'm not, so I'm okay to be overweight. And that's just not the case. It's just that at some stage that's going to change. And if anyone's ever seen a chart of what diabetes can give you, it is frightening, terribly frightening. And that was one of the pivots. And you sit there and you go, okay, well, what's the problem? I'm an emotional eater, number one. And I still am. That makes it really hard when you're in the middle of a 90K bike in the middle of this of a, a half Iron Man and you're sitting there going, my body is in pain and I still have to run. I'd really like some comfort. <laughs> and I don't know, and I'm, I, I don't know some of my really good mates that are much better athletes than me in this would agree. Mm-hmm. You're just in pain town. You just, just someone give me something nice. 100%. <laughs> so, so it's, it, I, you never, you, it, it, you never leave that. That never leaves you that that emotional eating and some of it's because you're with great friends doing great things and sometimes it's when you're alone and you feel like rubbish and you fi- and your body's broken because you've done too much work or too much sport or or whatever or you just feel melancholy because you miss your dad and you miss your sister or you miss your the your favorite dog that's passed or something and you sit there and you go for me mm. it's to understand i can't I can't control those things. Mm. I just have to allow them because that's naturally who I am. But one of the things is, is that what I did know is, and I, and I know a lot of my friends and all of my family come from, you know, a poor, a, a poor, but very happy upbringing whereby whatever you had in the house, you ate mm-hmm. and you sit there and you go, I obviously had an intake volume control issue. And so I, I did a lot of, lot of homework around what my options were. I looked at everything. I looked at pre-prepared meals, everything that everybody else has done. I've done the Jenny Craig, the Weight Watchers, up and down like a yoga all the time. Mm-hmm. So I knew I had a problem with this intake. So I worked with some bariatric surgeons around looking at how I wanted to use sleeve for my benefit. And yeah, it's always great. With, with bariatric surgery because everyone does feel like, well, not everyone, sorry. You know, there is that kind of I, the low effort weight loss, which, and you sit there and you go, but if, if you don't go into that with the right, right intent, you know, it's not going to work. And we can see that that, that is the case. Mm. So um, big decision to me, like 18 months Huge. to get there. Yeah. Um, I would, always rec- I'd recommend it to anyone on the proviso that they do the psych work that goes mm-hmm. with it because um, it's a it's it's an important undertaking 
but for me it has worked and it's thrown up a whole new challenge around the relationship with food because you don't have a an an intake method now mm-hmm. um you know gone are the saturday afternoons watching elvis movies with a bag of barbecue chips and a bottle of coke that's gone can't lie down and eat that's mm. you know it's terrible can't eat chips and drink you know it's it's broken me for life all my my happy indulgence really? days are gone yeah. so it's yeah. um yeah so that journey with it's not just about food yeah it's about managing so yeah hard, hard liquid volume and whatever and then when we add training to it and endurance events with it and actually the it it it, it is a it's like i've had to replace my whole brain yeah and um unfortunately i i would like to think that my brain is growing in this but it feels sometimes immensely underdeveloped so which has led me to obviously working with you so i don't mind outsourcing the thinking Absolutely. I'm always happy to take on some of the food thinking. I, I would love to um, explore your um, experience going from that bariatric surgery, the weight loss that happened, but more importantly, that decision to enter into triathlon and what that was like post bariatric surgery, because I feel like there is this population out there that is so underrepresented and we never see and hear these stories. And one of the biggest reasons I wanted to get you on was not just for your story, but also so someone could hear themselves almost and the potential to move forward. Yeah. um, There's a few things in that. So the thing about bariatric surgery for me wasn't for me to be ultra thin. For me, my approach to us is that it was one of the mechanisms I needed to, to break a cycle. One of the things I was really looking forward to, really looking forward to was having less weight, but no actual target and amount just, just to be active again. And it was kind of interesting. I mean, with, with surgery, like any kind of major surgery like this, there's a, the post-op period is, is relatively unpleasant. It was kind of interesting for anyone who's ever had it or considering it. What's really interesting is that uh, whilst just with a sleeve is that it, yeah, you're, it's, it's not like you, um, your stomach is any different. It's just smaller. It goes from like one and a half liters to the, you know, 250 mil. So the, for the first like three months, it's kind of, you know, very, very, very slow. And you don't actually have an appetite. Well, I didn't. So I had to actually remind myself to eat. I was finding myself every now and again, just getting immensely lightheaded. You just go. But uh, there was a moment there where I thought I was actually in heaven. Like I could eat as much mashed potato as I could possibly eat. And it was just kind of like going, if this is what I was allowed to do, it's like having tonsils out and eating ice cream. It's kind of like, boom, this is it for me for life. But funny enough, um, mashed potato does not make one happy. Uh, one would think there is a limit to that. Surprising. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, but it also threw up a whole heap of things around. I started to notice food. Uh, so number one, like wasn't actually, when I say notice food, I noticed what I could eat and couldn't eat in terms of just processing it. Um, 
I have never been a real lover of red meat or anything like that. Um, and that is all but gone from my life. Um, can't, I mean, I don't know if this is a bad thing or not, but you know, I've, I've, I've expelled rocket for life. Rocket is out and I've just blamed, I can't process it. So there's just these things that work, work and don't work. Yeah. Um, but the real thing is it, it, it's kind of going, so the mixture between solid and liquid, right? And there is an only an amount you can have. Mm-hmm. And you learn the hard way. It's like, uh, imagine, um, you know, at Christmas time, you know, you sit down and you smash out a plate of food and then you have dessert. Imagine if someone brought you another main meal. Mm-hmm. And that's how it feels. It's mm-hmm. just, you're at that point whereby you just like in the words of Yaz, the only way is up. Um, and uh, you go through all the motions, but because your stomach's so small, you don't actually get any of the rewards. So, no. And you only have to put yourself into about a million, you only go through about a million times of misjudging volume. Mm. Um, but what happens is, is that all of a sudden is, is that you get this energy kick. You're starting to lose weight. You start to go, oh, this, yeah, my decision has been right. Um, and then when people go, oh, holy crap, you look thinner. And then you start looking back at photos and they go, holy crap, we never realised you were ever that big. And then the next minute you go, well, actually maybe, so walking is the first thing you learn to, well, you, you do, that's your exercise. Mm. And then walking turned into something I was never good at. Well, probably my coach would say I'm still not good at it, but the run. Um, and... Um, then all of a sudden, then that what would then happen is, is that the walk would turn into a run mm. or I'd go up to the local pool and I'll try and swim. Immensely embarrassed, still mm. overweight, like this, this mental image of myself. I've never been kind of like body conscious, but now it's, and it still is really high. Mm. And I have a really good mate in Cairns who just sent me a video of uh, an uh, an Olympian who has no arms, no legs swimming. And he's just bobbing all the way up, bangs his head at the end, turns around and swims. He says, if this guy can do it, mm. shut up and get in the pool. And that's mm. it. The, and I'm very fortunate. I have a, a couple of really strong friends that mm. set me on that direction. And they were encouraging. Amazing. Yeah. And, 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 and I tell you, you need it. Mm. Right. Even if it's just to take some of the cognitive load off you, even, even today, you just go, I can't think about it. Someone, one of my friends will think for me. Mm. And then obviously ask for something in return. Um, <laughs> but the thing about it is, is that you start to move mm. and then you start to move further and further. And then all of a sudden you say, well, what, what, what can I do? And I was very fortunate that um, I jagged a, a spot on a corporate triathlon on the Gold Coast um, through Super. And uh, the person that, who's now a friend, was you know, up, up until I was working with my wife. And she goes, oh, can he really do it? And she goes, yeah, he knows how to swim. He's just started to run and he, I've always known how to bike. Mm-hmm. I'll give, and she goes, oh, great. All right. Well, that, that's cool. Come up and, and we'll do it. And it was the smallest one. Mm-hmm. Smallest one. Oh, my goodness. Had a heap, heap of fun. Terrible. Yeah. Terrible, awesome. like terrible. Um, I'd love to go back in time and just watch that from a drone. It would have been just terrible, but I wasn't the only one out then. I was having a ball, awesome. absolute ball. 
Yeah. And then um, one of my mates and I went, well, why don't we do some two times you races? Mm. And then that's where we just started. And we just kept going. And then uh, one, one of my best mates, Michelle, who's obviously going to be listening to this, she forced me into my first 70.3 and uh, a very, you know, really good influence. And then uh, you sit there and you go, not a lot of people would go from a sprint to a 70.3 after bariatric surgery, after mm-hmm. being 155 kilos mm-hmm. and dropping weight. Mm-hmm. One, one of the things that with triathlon that I think a lot of people love is just that it, the, you, you do the exact same course as the pros. And it doesn't matter if you're a pro or a first timer, it doesn't matter if you're what age you are, whatever, you know, we're all equal. We're all in the same level of pain. And that's a really unique thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and even to this day, when I see the heavyweights get out of that water, like mm. the really big units, these big women, these tall men, these overweight people, which I still resonate with. Like I'm still overweight. I am still solid. I am, you know, not the atypical racer for, for triathlon by any shape of means. And then you go, this is all heart. This is all heart. And that's what it's all about. And if you've got that, you can do anything. Right, and you sit there and you go, and I remember being down at Elwood watching these people, and it was terrible weather, terrible. And you see them out there, and it's freezing water down there too. And like mm. they come out and they're wearing. There's one guy, man. He would have been six three. He would have been t- least one thirty kilos, like a really behemoth man. And he comes out and he's just wearing jammers, right? Everyone else is in wetsuits and whatever. This guy's gone topless. I don't know if it was a polar bear. Don't know. But that's hard, man. I'm going, you know, they're the ones that you draw inspiration from. And you go, because that that stuff's tough. Yeah, That stuff is tough. Um, And I try and transpose myself into those people. And I've got, man, I don't have enough. Like people say, I might have a strong personality, but I'm very fragile. So I will not... I could never, ever picture myself coming out of that water without a shirt on unless the surfers or somebody else has ripped it off me. Right? There is no way. And I'm sitting there going, that's, that's, some, that's another level. That's another level. And they're the inspiration because that's a tough, this is a tough thing, tough thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but what's, yeah, so the 70.3 thing is a really interesting one. Um, the first one is half wow mm. and a half why <laughs> and i think that doesn't change it doesn't actually matter with how, if you've done one or a hundred it's the same yeah. same same thing yeah um first time i've had absolutely no expectation on myself ever since then i've had nothing but expectations on my <laughs> performance but that's just part of who i am yeah but when you sit there and you go there's very few people that would actually think that I could have actually done it. Mm. And there you are standing at double leg cramp at 18 K and you're stalled and you go, you got three to go for your first. Mm. There's just no way in the world you're not going to finish. And then what happens is you finish and you see your wife and your friends and your mate who you've done it with over the moon for you. Mm. And then you hear about your family going, you know, the impact you've had on them. You never think of, well, I never thought about it. Mm. 
And now ever since then, it's just that what we use these endurance for is, is we dedicate each one of these races to someone who is in a worse position than we are. And so you kind of dedicate the race to them. Or if someone like I went, um, I had a race down in Melbourne once and uh, it was around the, just after my sister, Barbara had passed away from, uh, with cancer. And there's a lot of people out there that do sports and events in memory of people. And it really brings another thing. And you see they go, worst race of my life, worst ever. And I'm running by the boat. I'm just in dire pain. And you sit there and you go, my sister would kill to be here. Loved the beach any time of day. And she was fiercely competitive. And whilst it was never messed, it was by far my worst race. It was also one of those moments where you go, you know, you would never, you know, the pain that you went through emotionally and physically to do mm -hmm. it. Mm. it makes it who you are and you just Absolutely. go, you know what, if you can do this and why you have this second chance in life, you can do it. You don't have to win it, but you've got to be in it. Yeah. Yep. Right. Absolutely. And, and, and that's enough. Mm. So don't know if I answered your question, but. Yeah. I don't know either, but I don't really care because it was a really cool little story. Yeah. Actually it reminded me last week, I was talking to one of our clients and, um, you know, she's just talking about her experience with triathlon and she's um, a mullet racer, as she calls it, basically the parties at the back. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, oh, mate, love it. And then she said, yeah, she's talking about her experiences. She's like, every race for me is a PB. It doesn't, it's not about time. Yep. It's a personal best. And yeah, it can be the ugliest of races, but it's the best that I could have done on that day. And so therefore every race is a PB. And I've never really heard it said that way. And I just, it just, me away i was like that is so yeah tricky. it's uh, yeah mm -hmm. yeah it's such a great way of looking at it now mm -hmm. that's not to say that going out there and going full tilt and tilt oh, you're going and i love it and some of our mates that we know mm -hmm. like uh you know some of the crazy guys down here i mean i love yeah. it because it just they're just so into it and and it's extreme mm -hmm. now here, here i sit like um you know on my yeah, I'm now 53 in a couple of weeks' time. I've done maybe five 70.3s. We've got them planned out for the next 13 years, onshore mm. and offshore. No. The whole thing, like everybody else at the moment. We've got plenty of planning time. Yeah, yeah, all the planning. But you sit there and you go, you know, I went through that process of all that place and I'm mm. still in the middle of it going, okay, I'm fitter than I have ever been. Mm. Um, to the point whereby I just probably don't realize actually how fit I am. And, uh, well, actually today I do, cause I'm actually hurting a bit like, man. So we did a swift run yesterday. We're supposed to yeah. go out for a jog and we, you know, doing a half marathon yeah. on your treadmill on a Sunday, on any yeah. Sunday morning, you go, yeah. well, that's, that's a life flip that one. Mm. I'm not planning to do that again <laughs> so soon, but it was still great. But, but what it is, is that it's what I'm trying to do now is just remove that pressure of time mm. and speed and going, I want to endure this sport as much and in, uh, as long as I possibly can. I want to, you know, get back to what true enjoyment feels like. And that's kind of funny is, is that when I look at that, which is a new feeling for me to truly enjoy something, mm. It then kind of balances against about 
where I'm at with say food or any other indulgence or any other treat. Mm. You sit there and you go, what you want to do. Yeah. It's a, I'm going to eat ice cream because ice cream was made by God for us. 100%. Right. It may as well be a fruit um, <laughs> or chocolate or something like that, mm. but you want to enjoy it. It's mm. not about volume anymore. It's not mm. about compensating for something and not aware. And I think the rule uh, as a reward system is poor for me, always has mm. been a poor outcome. Mm. But it's about getting to that thing about going, what's the chocolate I like? What's the ice cream I like? And, and then you go, well, just savor it. And, and then that translates into now, where do I want to race? How do I want to want to race those races? What do I want to do for a job? How do I want to spend my time? It actually resets everything again. So it's a work in progress. I mean, it's just a... F- I mean, I'm trying to work on these stupid little mantras that comes with being one of these. And it's kind of like, I'm a work in progress and um, takes work to progress. It's as simple as that. Yep, absolutely. And, and I think this is the piece that you've really come to is that that progress piece. And it's taken a really long time to get there. Um, but at the same time, look where you are now and what you're looking to achieve. Would you like, would you, I, I would love to hear, um, we've been speaking about it a lot this week um, around what you're wanting to create uh, and what you're hoping to be able to um, build in terms of that community of people just like you who have gone through very similar journeys from that bariatric surgery point of view. Yep. Would you like to talk a bit about that? Yeah, I think so. Um, for the people that already know me, they know I'm always this guy who comes up with this, hey, why don't we go and do this together kind of thing uh, for the greater good. Um, one, one of the things that I'm really interested in, and there's a, there's a couple of thing, themes mm. in this. Mm. Um, one of the things that triathlon has given me is this sense of belonging. Mm. Now, it doesn't matter if I'm the last guy out of the water or the last guy on the run, I'm still getting clapped down the hill towards the finish line by people on the street, or even the guys walking home with their bikes that finished three hours before that, you know, that never alone thing, never forgotten. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially when you are an older guy or an old, yeah, or a bigger person and whatever that, that sense of inclusion is moving. And um, it, it, and it's a it's a great thing, and I'd like to see that everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. But I know I'm also really guilty about my perception of others sometimes. But you sit there and you go, I live in a I live in a part of Canberra that has a lot of young families, and you and and, and maybe now my bias towards overweight is well, you know is higher because I fear going back to it. Mm. And I'm sitting there going, we've got a lot of young families and I'm watching them learning to ride. I'm learning, you know, he said, they've got these great facilities and I've gone, I want to, I would really like to see the community Mm. um, get, get into swimming and biking and running. And if they put, if they're stupid enough to put all three together (laughs) on any given day, well, that's more the merrier. (laughs) But at the end result, there's a really great thing about living in this country. And that is about being active. You don't, Mm. And to do that, you need to start to be mobile, then active, then athletic. Mm. 
And I think, you know, what we're trying to do is we're, we're trying to get people to go, look, even if you just, as an adult, go and learn to swim because swimming's a great way just to end the day. Or the worst thing about learning to ride is the fact, um, oh, sorry, the, the best thing about learning to ride is that you're going to be a safer bike rider. Mm. It doesn't matter if it's on-road, off-road. You just mm. and There's an enjoyment and then running. There's nothing enjoyable about running for a non-runner. But, but it's beautiful. So there's one sense that I, what I wanted to do is I wanted to get all of all the people that have benefited from it. Mm. Um, and that's a, you and me, mm. you know, our crazy friends to sit there mm. and you go, what can we do for community to get people just to look at the options and, and how to get into it, even if they just swim. Mm. And that's enough. And just appreciate how great it is to be in this country, being able to have access to those things. Yeah. The next bit is, is, is to, to look at people that are actually in my specific situation whereby they're considering bariatric surgery or they, they want to lose weight or they, they're a big athlete like myself. And you sit there and you go, how do we work together so that we can learn together? Because my journey's not over. You know, I still struggle with things. I, you know, and, um, you know, the thing is, is that, but, what it's given me is this second, a true second shot at life. I am not the same person I was, you know, the impact that I've had on others has been great, not intended, mm. you know, I didn't do set out to do it, but you see the, the people that have been around, we're working together to enjoy sport and whatever. So the idea is, is that is to bring another element to bariatric surgery, these barrier athletes, Whereby, you know, it's not just about losing weight. It's about experiencing and pushing the body, you know, not the body, but pushing, pushing yourself a little bit further. And these sports are really great. And it doesn't matter if it's kayak, dra dragon boat racing, couldn't care what it is. Mm. Um, but there are some limitations and things that people need to be concerned about that you don't learn mm. when you go through the process of bariatric surgery. That's right. you, just, you just don't. I mean, mm. these guys are going, you need to lose weight. This is the psych part of it. This is a bit of nutrition. And, and the path that I took, I didn't actually have, I had no psych help and I had very, very poor nutrition advice, like very poor. Yeah, wow. My surgeon was exceptional, but I lost that other bit. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we, what we want to do is actually help people with the rest of it. And you go, well, you know, I'm not expecting everyone to do 70.3s um, because, you know, I do want to move up the ranks and I don't like that kind of competition. Um, but, you know, it's just, you know, share a comp, you know, the thing is, is that it's just about, you know, filling in the gaps. Yeah. Um, and the last one is, is around my own experience with finding a nutritionist. Now we've, uh, it has been challenging when sport and there's been two things around it that I want to share. Sorry, I've just taken a bit long. This is how it goes. I've, I've had um, at least four or five uh, consults with different type of new dietitians and nutritionists around my sport. Right? And we've had three false starts. And I want to talk about those false starts with, with, with you because it wasn't about you, it's about me. And I think I'll tell you the reason why. My consults with a number of nutrition dietitians is that there is this real, it feels from a user's perspective, a real lack and understanding 
about what we can and cannot have, right? We fit in between two things, a person who wants to lose weight and someone who's a normal person with a normal stomach and wants to be an athlete. We're caught in between. And there's a lot of hesitation in taking me on as a client. Now that, yeah, or, or it's just my, my personality. We won't, we won't go there. We, we won't assume that that's true, but maybe one of them was, but, but there was, so I was being bounced around a whole heap of people and they just didn't measure up. They didn't, they didn't understand what it's like to, to be that person who's gone from conscious, knowing that I'm making the wrong decision, but making that decision, that wrong decision anyway, to someone who needs to get an understanding of how to eat again and how to balance my diet, but without the cognitive load that comes with it. So it's about, it's, it would be like trying to teach someone all about being a tax agent without teaching them anything about accounting. It's just about being really gentle and really, sympathetic without being condescending and knowing that you you're in this no man's land you're you're not just here to to axe weight you're here to also and it just felt really complex and so you felt yourself on i felt myself on the outer again and then it was back on me to do it i'm just not skilled and so I've started at that point, I was finding everything I could eat. I went, well, as we've spoken about, you know, doing a hundred percent liquid nutrition on the bike. It's a hundred percent chemically based. Sure. It gets you to the end, but is it the right thing for my stomach? I've had gut issues. And so you just, you forever just experimenting and that might work for some, but when you're the, when you're in this process, it doesn't work. It hasn't worked. And then I come to you, right? One of the most joyous people I've ever met in my life, right? Serious about things. And even as someone who is just inquiring your generosity and your inclusive, it still sticks with me. But what it was is that I was coming to someone now to help and someone was there to help me and I dropped the ball and I hid behind, oh, getting nutrition advice is expensive. And when I re reflect on that, it's ridiculous. It's not a money call. Everything in my sport costs money. Oh my God, just the entrance fee alone to put myself in pain is ridiculous. So I found myself really reflecting about this and it was like three times I tried it to start and it came back to, it was about money or, or surely I can learn about, you know, nutrition is not that hard. But at the end of the day, it's simple. I have limited time. And there's a limit to how much I want to know about nutrition and eating. There's only so much I can take on in addition to everything else. And this is the thing I think people kind of really don't embrace. It is worth the effort to test and trial the professionals you need in your life. And if you're only having for six months, that's great. And you have a break and you come back. And it doesn't matter if it's a physio, a dietitian, nutritionist, a sports psych, or just a normal psych or a good mate and whatever. Just pick the right one and stick with it. 
And yeah, it's going to be hard. It's going to be confronting. But if they co-invest in you and you do the homework, you will win. And it's as simple as that. And so it does. And it took me ages to understand. It's on me to pick the people for me and know that I need help and just own that because you'll be really, it's really interesting how many people come out and give, you know, because, and that's the beautiful thing about it. We just don't ask. And that's such an Australian thing. And I'm going, man, if I was to say, just ask, Mm. but then consider what people are saying. And if they're saying, you're taking in too much calories or you're not doing enough ex- this or blah. Don't necessarily accept it straight away, but don't rebut it straight away. Just let it sink in because the thing mm. is, is that a bit of shared brain is not a bad thing. So I'm glad it took me three times to, to get to you because now what's happening is just that I'm ready to work mm. with you and now it's showing huge dividends which I'm very, very thankful for. Yeah, it's been very fun. It's been a really cool journey. And I think, you know, every time we catch up, it's about something different. And it's always the same goal of progress, but we yeah. do end up talking about things that aren't even nutrition related. And yeah. we're like, oh, come back to Paul. Hang on. Yeah, yeah it's kind of, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a problem. But that's, and that's what it's so nice about this community that you've got mm-hmm. yourself and your business and the guys in this sport. I mean, yeah, you know, that's, that's what it's all about. And if Absolutely. you know, you fit, you know how to race, well, share it. If you're overweight and you want some help, ask. It's just, yeah, there's no shame in that. And that's what it's all about. That's amazing, Paul. Well, mate, I can't think of a better way to finish unless you've got some more pearls of wisdom. We are more than willing well, to listen. Well, we don't want to break the internet in the first series. So yeah, that's we'll, true. We'll just the leave it at the, uh, you know, just at uh, that. So I really honestly just want to finish off with just an appreciation for you sharing your story. Uh, Thank you. It was absolutely phenomenal to listen to you speak about, well, just with so much passion, but also so much honesty um, around your experiences. So thank you so, so much. You're going to touch a lot of people uh, in a very good way. So thank you. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. And let's hope, um, let's hope your racing starts again soon. Yeah. Well, it looks like it's opening up, but just like everybody else it means i actually have to get back on the back to work on it so needless to say i'll be in touch soon absolutely there's some fun stuff to plan (laughs) thanks so much okay thanks mate have a great day Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of The Compete Waffle. Um, for those who are new uh, to listening, I hope you enjoyed it and I hope you really resonated and at least gained some insights and really pragmatic um, advice from Paul. Uh, for those who would like to chat to Paul or reach out to Paul, I have um, linked in some of his details. And for those who are on their way of wanting to um, change their journey I guess when it comes to food and movement then please reach out I guess what we really want to achieve with compete and how we work with all of our clients is allowing you to be vulnerable but with a calculated risk and with a bit of a safety net as well Um, we appreciate how overwhelming it is um, to try and be heard in this space 
but also how overwhelming it is to think about making change um, when you know what you need to be doing but just can't seem to get there. It's not you, um, it's the environment. And that's really the big piece with working with us as dietitians is that it's not about the science, it's not telling you what to eat, it's allowing you to achieve that in an environment that makes it easy and enjoyable. Um, so please feel free to reach out. We offer a free assessment for that very reason, um, to just break the ice, start that conversation, no pressure to sign up, just start chatting to one of our performance dietitians. And I say performance in that very you know, raw definition of the word of us being the best people that we can be, whether that be in activity, sport, exercise, and just life, we feel like it translates to all those. So um, we have that free assessment link on our website for a very good reason. Uh, it is www.competenutrition with an EAT at the end of compete.com. Uh, click the free assessment link and that will link you into starting that conversation and reaching out to our team to have that really personalized discussion from the get go. We want to know your story and we want to know where you want to get to because where you want to get to and your goals are our goals as well. Uh, and knowing you as the person is the biggest piece in achieving that. So thank you so much for listening. Really, really excited to um, share this one with you. So I hope you've enjoyed it just as much as I loved listening and um, being involved in it. So thank you so much and we'll catch you for the next podcast soon. Cheers. Cheers.